gave the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your bible and hear God's life changing word welcome to know your bible Gospel chapter 1. And we shall begin reading at verse 29 all the way to verse 34. John's Gospel chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. If you have it, say, I have it. All right, let's read. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he who baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bore witness that this is the Son of God, the Lamb for the sacrifice, the Lamb for the sacrifice. God is infinitely wise. Can I get a witness? The lamb. In the animal kingdom. Is the Lord's choice portrait. To paint. Pertaining to his son. Jesus Christ. The lamb has a special place in the heart of God as do the animals in the animal kingdom that the Lord pointed out and painted a portrait of Christ in the Old Testament. The bullock was offered under Moses' law for the priests expressly, the bullock. Then there was offering of the ram turtle dove, the pigeon. There were goats offered. And the list goes on for sacrifices to be made under Moses' law, but each of these animal sacrifices was a portrait and a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ who was to come. 
So we need to look carefully here at the lamb for the sacrifice because there was certain criteria that was put out there for the lamb in order to be brought forth to the priest. The lamb had to have certain characteristics. In other words, one characteristic of the lamb, and the lamb was a domesticated animal that lived among God's people. And being domesticated, the lamb had to be offered without spot or without blemish. So when the Lord Jesus came, he came as the lamb of God. He was overly scrutinized by the Pharisees and the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad to see. Uh, you gonna you gonna help me? So God kept his word that he would send us some help. But it would take thousands of years in order for that lamb to come forth. Can you say hallelujah to the lamb? Now here we have the testimony of John. In verses 29 and 30, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man. Somebody say a man. Amen. Who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now in the natural, you know Elizabeth had John the Baptist. You remember Elizabeth and Zechariah. And Zechariah became dumb at the altar of incense and could not speak until after John was born. So Elizabeth had John Baptist in the earth realm six months before Jesus. Now, I ain't got no help in here, but... But, 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 but John Baptist was born into the earth realm through his mother Elizabeth and his father Zacharias six months earth time before Jesus was born in Bethlehem of the Virgin Mary. But John is not equating his relationship with his first cousin on the basis of natural progression. John says in verse 30, this is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man. So we see the Lamb of God became a man. Notice this. Who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Wait a minute, John. Are you talking earth time or are you talking eternal time? John says, I'm talking eternal time. Huh? Because he was preferred before me, he was before me because he made me. Uh-huh. He fashioned and formed me when I was in my mother's womb. And I'm just here to represent the fact that he was before me. And in verse 29, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. What's the sin of the world? Unbelief. Unbelief is the sin of the world, and we are in the middle of a generation filled with unbelievers. 
But they are only unbelievers because possibly they have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. That leads me to believe if you are bow-legged, knock-kneed. If you are heavy or if you're thin. If you are black or white, it does not matter. You can believe if you want to. There's nothing stopping you from believing that Jesus is the Lord. You say, well, prove it. Not a problem. The heavens declare the glory of God. And it shows forth his handiwork that in the beginning God created. God said and God saw. And we have to understand who this is that's doing all of this creation work. Because this one doing that is who he is. Jesus didn't just show up. He's not a fly by night. He is both creator and he is Lord. He's not an entity that just showed up out of no place. Oh no, it was prophesied. When Adam and Eve fell, the Lord said, listen, the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. And the serpent is going to bruise his heel. We're down through 40 and two generations. And then that baby that John calls that man was born in Bethlehem, the Lamb of God. The Lamb for the sacrifice. So the testimony of John is that he was before me. He was before me. He made me. Go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. And we're coming back here, so mark John chapter 1. Go to the book of Colossians. The lamb for the sacrifice is not a journey come lately. Can you say thank God for Jesus? Now as we scope into who this man Jesus who's described and called out as being the lamb of God. Unlike us we came here to live. He didn't. He came here to die. He came here to become our substitute. He came that we might have eternal life. In Colossians chapter 1, and commencing at verse 12, we're talking about the testimony of John Baptist because John had it right. He had it right. He was preferred before me He was because he was before me. He didn't come after me, even though he did come after John because John came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He laid the groundwork, the foundation. He laid the groundwork. For the one who was coming. And John says I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. So John's ministry in the earth realm kicked off before the Lord Jesus ministry kicked off. Because Jesus came preaching after John got started. Do you see how this thing is meandering his way? So, so John preached and then Jesus came. And then when Jesus came. He came preaching after John, but he was preferred before John because he was before John. 
And being before John. And preferred before John. John knew him. But he really didn't know him. Just like nobody can know him. Come on you black Hebrew Israelites. Nobody can know Jesus. Without God's revealed knowledge. Huh? You just don't walk up on the Lord just like that. Oh no. He has to reveal himself. As to who he is. And the church knows. Whether or not. You are part of us. Because you have the same testimony. What's that? I believe that Jesus Christ. Is the son of God. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. If you're born again, say I'm in the kingdom. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So then... Who is Jesus? Here it is. Who is the image of the invisible God? Mm -hmm. The firstborn of all creation. What does that mean? When God raised Jesus up from the dead, he became the first fruits of them that slept. You can't have a first without a second, a third, and, and so forth. So Jesus went through and got up. So that those of us who trust in him, if we have to go through death, he's going to get us up. Wake up, John boy. Wake up, Elizabeth. There's a rapture in our future. Who is the image of the invisible God? Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the image of the invisible God. Tell your neighbor, that's who Jesus is. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things. Can you say all things? All things were created by him and for him. That's who Jesus is. That's who this lamb be. Verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Let me see if I can explain that to you right quick. He got the whole world. <laughs> I'm going to have some fun up here anyway. I'm going to be happy. You might as well join the brother. He got the whole world in his hands. He got the, you and me, brother, in his hands. He got you and me, sister. In his hand. He got the whole world in his hand. And by him all things consist. That's why the sun doesn't come up in the west. Uh-uh. You wake up one morning and the sun coming up in the west. You on Mars. <laughs> all things were created by him. And by him all things consist. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. Not the Pope. He is the head of the body, the church. Huh? Hello? 
Do you know why we're right here? It's not but one baptism. Well, if it's not but one, it can't be two. So what baptism is that? It's spirit baptism. And we're going to find out that John Baptist baptized in water. Oh, but he talked about one that's coming behind him that's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I sound like one of them old preachers. My help didn't got here. Now you can go home. See, when we, when we look at who this lamb is and we look at the reason for his coming, he came to redeem us. He came to find us. He came to save us. He came to die in our stead. He came to become our substitute. He made us and not we ourselves. He is the lamb for the sacrifice. Still here? In verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, first place. For it pleased the Father that in Jesus should all fullness dwell. What do you say? In Jesus, all fullness dwells. All that God is. <laughs> God is in Christ. And God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He sent Jesus, who the word is wrapped in flesh, to be our Savior. The word became a man to save all men. Now, it's not but two men in the earth. You say, wait a minute, Pastor. No, you wait a minute, sister. It's not but two men. One is of the earth, earthy. The other one is spiritual. He's the Lord from heaven. So if a person never exceed, received Jesus as Lord and Savior, they're in that first Adam. And that's the one that we were born into, and in Adam all die. But in Christ, that's the second man, shall all be made alive. So if a person is born from his mother's womb and never accept Jesus and die in that state, he has to understand you were born dead. You lived and ate hot dogs when you were dead. You worked on a job and retired when you were dead. And you rejected Jesus and physical death caught up with you. And now you are dead forever and will be raised up. And you will face the second death. Which is the death in the lake of fire and brimstone. So I submit to you that God is not playing with nobody about eternal redemption. But he sent a lamb to get us. Oh, hallelujah. A quiet lamb. A meek and lowly. Lamb, a lamb who did not come to condemn nobody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Why? Because the world is already condemned. But that the world through him might be saved. Can you tell the Lord thank you? Come on, don't sit here and look at me like I got your money. 
So it pleased the Father that in Jesus should all fullness dwell. And when it's full, you can't get no more in it. So God is all Jesus, and Jesus is all God. And the beautiful thing about our Lord is that he was 100% man and 100% God. And when God sent Jesus, the word made flesh, Jesus did not lay aside his divine prerogatives. Oh, no. Oh, no. He didn't lay aside his divine prerogatives. What am I saying? He was God when he came. Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Where's the praying church? Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So he did not stop being God because he came. He came to be a man because he was God. Mm -hmm. I'm watching three of y'all. Huh? That's why he came. He became a man to save all men so that those in the first Adam wouldn't have to die and go to hell. So we got two men. We got Jesus, who's the last Adam. Uh-huh. And we got Adam, who messed all of us up. That's why we're in here with clothes on tonight. Huh? Here we are out there with a quarter trying to buy a blouse. Yeah. So it pleased God that in Jesus should all fullness dwell. Look at verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things, that word things there are beings, like spirits. Now notice this. It says, by him I say whether they be beings in earth or beings in heaven. Notice what's not there, beings under the earth. Because nobody under the earth in hell belongs to God. Hmm? It pleased God that in Jesus should all fullness dwell. So you got Jesus. Ain't no need of looking for no other Savior because there is no other Savior. I feel good every time I get to this place teaching because I'm happy to announce he's not white. I mean that with everything inside of me because when you look at the devastation done with that portrait that somebody painted and you already got people feeling bad about themselves and under bondage to somebody, it's difficult for a man of color or a woman to go to a God that they think is white, that they're already being abused. Yeah, that's true. That's so why every time I get to this place in Scripture, wherever I'm teaching, I make that grand announcement. And people be looking at me like, Pastor, we know that. Now you don't. You need to go to your house and get that picture out, put it in the driveway and burn it. All over your dining room set and all that. It was through the blood of his cross. He came in here to die. We came in here to live. It was through the blood of his cross that he reconciled us unto himself. Now let me say a little bit of something about being reconciled to God. 
Because when you talk about being reconciled, you're talking about two people that have differences of opinion, differences of looking at a thing a certain way, and a challenge to try to come with one accord because there is enmity between. There is division between. So when we are called upon to be reconciled to God, you got to remember this. God ain't never reconciled to us. He ain't coming here to obey us. He drew us with love and kindness. He drew us with tender mercies. So being reconciled to God means to be called by the gospel out of darkness into God's marvelous light and saying yes to the Lord. Yes to your way. Yes to your will and yes to your word. In other words, to be reconciled to God means God is not going to lower his standard for any of us. He's holy. He's separate from sinners. But boy, does he love us. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Go back to John's gospel chapter 1. So Jesus is the creator. And when he's seen in the book of Daniel, in that apocalyptic book, when Daniel saw him, he saw him as the ancient of days. Uh Uh-huh. Daniel looked at him until Daniel saw him put one foot on land and the other foot he put on the water. Jesus is the almighty God. And when John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos saw him. He saw him as woolly woolly baby. Yes he did. Jesus had a head of white hair. Just like lamb's wool. Feet as though they had been burned in a furnace. Fire in his eyes. Because he could see straight through us. And you know what? He still can. That's why nothing is hidden from him. He's both Alpha and Omega. He's both the beginning and the end. There's no place we can get to where God is not already there. David said, if I ascend to the heights of heaven, thou art thou. If I descend into hell itself, you are there. The reality of where we are right now is that he's Lord over beings in heaven and beings in earth. And he has no children under the earth. That's why once saved, always saved. Now, let's look at the witness of John. John's Gospel, chapter 1. Verse 31. The Bible says, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. What powerful faith John Baptist had. He didn't even know Jesus, even though Jesus was his first cousin. John didn't even know him until the revelation came. And when the revelation came, Can't you see John standing there and say, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. John said, I didn't even know the man. 
until he was revealed to me. I didn't know Jesus until he revealed himself to me. That's why I preach him. And him crucified, buried, and raised again the third day. I don't care how many rascals I have to deal with in this world, he still got up. Doesn't matter to me. It does, in a sense, if people don't believe, just like Paul got exasperated with his generation. He said this in Timothy. What if some don't believe? God abided faithful. He cannot deny himself. So if someone refuses to accept Jesus, then they just have to go to hell. I'm sorry. Let them be an anthema. Let them be cursed. Let them be damned. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. The old preacher used to say, holiness of hell, baby. <laughs> they weren't playing around with nobody. Huh? Some of them old sanctified, what we call sanctified church, you go up in there all smiling, you leave out crawling under the door. Holiness or hell. And it's still good today. Now, verse 31. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, am I come baptizing with water. I'm baptizing with water. I don't even know who the man is. But my assignment is to baptize all that come to me here in the Jordan. And I'm going to baptize them in water. Because I'm John... The baptizer. I know some of y'all think you can join the Baptist church. Hey, John started the Baptist church. He didn't. John ain't started no Baptist church. Baptist church was started by Baptist people. <laughs> Listen. Verse 32. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit. Descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Now, this speaks of Jesus' character. You ever had a dove come down and rest on your shoulder? No, because we got confusion with us. We got confusion in our mind, we got it in our lifestyle, it's at our house, and a dove does not hang around. Where there's confusion. And he's showing on the light. Not only did the dove come down. See, John Baptist, the baptizer, baptized Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. Because Jesus said to John, John, I need for you to baptize me. I need to, and and, and so John said, no, Lord, I need for you to baptize me. Jesus said, no, I need for you to baptize me. Suffered to be so. So John Baptist baptized Jesus in water. Now, why did he baptize Jesus in water? Because Jesus identified with humanity. Oh, yes! He identified with us. Because we could not identify with him. So when Jesus went down in the water, in the Jordan River, it was a flashback to days of old. When the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan River. And when they crossed over the Jordan, they chose 12 stones. 
And they carried those 12 stones to a place called Gilgal, girl. Uh, they carried the stones to Gilgal. And they left 12 in the midst of the Jordan. And when the Jordan returned to full strength, it covered the stones up. That speaks of the death of Christ. But the 12 stones in Gilgal speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, God, God is smart. He's always doing something to draw our attention to it, whether it's a bush on fire or not. Don't you want to know what's going on? So you're going to have to come and see the bush that's burning but not consumed because God wants to show you his sustaining grace and keeping power for the nation of Israel. Israel is still here. When the last time you saw a Jebusite, when the last time you saw a Hivite, a Hittite, but Israel is still here. So when Moses went to behold the bush that was burning, the Lord said, boy, take your shoes off. For the ground on which you're standing is holy ground. He's a holy God. Our God is a consuming fire. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns in the heavens above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. So God always, in the Old Testament, is God's picture book. You know, just like some of you grown folk have coloring books now. I know a certain person, it's on an iPad. It's be coloring. <laughs> huh? We hard on the children. Keep the, keep the color inside the line. But now we done moved an eyeball two centimeters over. We all over the paper. But the Old Testament is God's coloring book. It's a portrait of Christ. Let me give you another example. The high priest had to deal with two goats. And in the Old Testament, the goat was a trespass offering. One goat they would kill. Mm-hmm. The other goat, they would let go into the wilderness, but a fit man had to carry it out there. Just couldn't in the vagabond be carrying this goat all out there scratching. So it had to be a fit man to carry the live goat. But they killed one of the goats, but it was two goats so that God could get your goat. Mm-hmm. So when they killed that first goat, that was a picture of the death of Christ, just like the stones left in the Jordan and the water came back over it, also was a picture of the death of Christ. But the live goat that they turned loose into the wilderness was a picture of the resurrection of Jesus. See, so don't you think he stayed dead? Because if he was still dead, he couldn't save us. He came back to make sure that we get everything in the covenant. He's a good God. Anybody here love the Lord? I, I know the teaching is coming forth. I got you. I, I know you listening. But you need to say something. Has the Lord been good to you? 
Has he done things for you that you couldn't do for yourself? Has he ever made a way for you? Did he ever open a door for you? When your enemies were on your track trying to turn you back, did he ever slam a door for you? Because I read in the Bible, he opened doors that no man can shut. And he shut doors that the IRS can't open. God is good, everybody. I just want to make sure you're still here. Now, when we look at the witness of John, John said in verse 32, and John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode, it lived on him, it rested upon him because Jesus is pure. May I share share something with you? You know, the Bible tells us what we ought to be thinking about. Huh? And it shouldn't be X-rated. What things soever is lovely. What things soever is pure. What things soever is a good report. If there be any virtue, any moral excellence, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now for a long time, now you know, you know when I find the truth of a matter out, I'll be back. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever is a good report. Whatever is honest. Do you know those are descriptive terms for Jesus? So the Lord said when you get down in life and your head get crazy, think about Jesus because he's pure. He's honest. He's a good report. He has virtue. He has moral excellence. Think on him before you haul off and hit somebody. He's pure. And he lives in you. That's why when we mess up and cuss folk all out and, and, and drag the Bible down the road and all this other stuff. What we need to understand, that ain't God. God ain't nowhere on that. You just mad. Huh? Anger rests in the bosom of a fool. So John say the Holy Spirit was so comfortable on Jesus because he was pure, he was holy, he was undefiled, and he was separate from sinners. <laughs> he ain't like us. Because even though we're born again, we still deal with the flesh. And I've heard some people call, I'm still dealing with the flesh. What you doing playing cards? glory do you have a full flush man your flesh say you slap her slap her in the mouth you can shut down all that conversation just, just beat her but what the flush didn't tell you she got a gun and a razor and you got to go to work in the morning and you sleepy now you figure crazy can you be? You gonna slap the wife and then go to sleep. You ever heard of serving up grits? <laughs> so John says Jesus is so perfect and holy and harmless. 
harmless. He does not go around offending people. He does not go around hurting people. He does not go around digging ditches. That's why the dove, when the dove descended, watch this, from heaven. So here John Baptist is in the water. And he's taking Jesus down to baptize him to identify with sinful humanity. It's not but one baptism, and that's spirit baptism. For by one spirit were we all baptized into one body. Let me hear on. So here you got a beautiful day, people standing all around the shore or the banks of the Jordan. I stood on the banks of Jordan one day just to see the ship. Sorry. <laughs> this is the bestest job you could ever have. <laughs> so, way out there, Jesus down here, John baptizing him, immersing him, not sprinkling him, immersing him as a picture of a man being buried. And then Jesus is brought up out of the water and way out there on the horizon. It's just like the Super Bowl. Today, I didn't see it. I'm at church. I don't care who wins. They add nothing to me. But they, I saw some commercials saying that they're going to open the top of the dome. And those jet airplanes, and according to Gladys Knight, who would be singing the Star Spangled Banner. Embarrassing Kaepernick. You can always find one that don't care. Anyway, they were going to open the top of the dome. And just when Gladys Knight finished the portion of the national anthem, those jets would have come over the top of the dome, that's for the goose pimple effect. That's to make you fall in love with the flag. And just like John was baptizing Jesus and brought him up out of the water, way out there on the horizon, on the way, just on cue. That dove coming out of heaven. And when it got there, it landed on Jesus. And it sat there. And everybody was amazed. Because doves don't do that. What can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? All precious is that flow that washed me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And Jesus from that point took on a three-year ministry. So that meant when he died on that cross, he was 33 years old. Boy, but the things he did within those 36 months, even if books were written, the world could not contain the manuscript. Our God is a busy God. Now I need to move in a hurry because I, I, I just need to jump over a few things and wrap this up because we're talking about the lamb for the sacrifice. 
You got to be careful right here. Because it is Jesus. Nobody could take his place. I want you to turn, and I'm getting ready to close. When we think about the witness of John, John says that he is the Lamb of God. But before we turn away from here, look at verses 35 and 36. Because if he's Jesus yesterday, he's Jesus today too. Look at verse 29. The next day John sees Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Is that right? Now that's in verse 29, John chapter 1. But look at verse 36. I'm sorry, 35 and 36. Again, the next day, John stood in two of his disciples. And looking upon Jesus, as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. So if he was God yesterday, he's God today too. If he helped you yesterday, he can help you today. If he blessed you and brought you out yesterday... He can do the same thing today. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. So I'm just going to walk through this right quick because I don't have time to carry you to the place. So God brought Israel out of Egypt after 400 years. 400 years to the day God brought them out. He brought them out of Egypt. But something was going on in Egypt. God told Moses to tell Israel to get a lamb. Mm -hmm. A lamb for the sacrifice. And to kill the lamb on the 14th day of the first month of the year. Was the Passover. Mm -hmm. Egypt represents the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. So Moses told Israel to get a lamb. Huh? And if the house is too little for the lamb, not the lamb too little for the house, if the house is too little for the lamb, then the neighbors next to one another were to join up. But at any rate, they were to kill the lamb the 14th day of the first month of the new year. And they were to take the blood and they were to put it over the lintel and over the doorposts. And the Lord said, now, when you kill the lamb, now, 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 now remember, there were hundreds of thousands of Israelites at that time. And the lamb was being killed, lambs, plural. But when God spoke about it, he said, kill it. It is single. So every lamb that was put to death was a picture of Jesus. And he said, kill it in Eden. So they took the blood and they put it over the doorpost in the middle. And the Lord said, listen, when I see the blood of the lamb, <laughs> I'll pass over you. Romans 5 and 9, you don't have to go there. It tells us we shall be saved from wrath through him. The church ain't going through the great tribulation period. The blood of the lamb. Oh no, time would fail me to go back further than the Exodus. Just to talk about a brother by the name of Abel. 
We ought to know this evening that God is able. He's so able, he's able to keep you from falling. He's so able, he's able to pull bread out of bread and fish out of fish. He's so able all the days of our lives, he's been waking us up. Cain and Abel, brothers from the same mother, had two different mindsets. Cain was of that wicked one, the devil. Abel was of that righteous one, and he's called righteous Abel. Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Mm-hmm. Cain was a tiller of the ground. See, God is telling us right now, don't just bring me just any old thing. Bring me the sacrifice of praise. Bring me a sanctified life. (laughs) Abel offered the firstling of his flock. And the Lord accepted it. Cain brought the first of the ground. And God rejected it. And Cain got so mad until he killed his brother Abel. And the Bible calls him righteous Abel. Every one of us. That have been born again. Or anyone who will be born again. We have to come through the cross. The story is told. And I heard the Williams brothers. Quartet group. In one of their songs, if I'm not mistaken, they was talking about a little boy that had gotten lost. And his mother had told him what to do if he ever got lost and could not find his way back home. So the little boy got lost. The police officer found him wandering on the streets of his city and began to question the little boy. Do you know where you live? The little boy says no. He said, who are your parents? And the little boy told the police officer. And the officer asked him again, do you know where your house is? This was long before cell phone. Little boy said, no, I don't know where my house is. But mama told me if I ever got lost, And whoever found me to tell them that I live very close to a church with a big old steeple on top of it. With a cross on top of the steeple. And to tell whoever finds me that if I could just find that cross, I could find my way back home. If I could just think about Jesus in the midnight hour, I can find my way back. The Lord will help every one of us the balance of our days. But it's the way of the cross that leads home, everybody. It's the way of the cross that leads home. Jesus loves you, and this I know because the Bible tells me so. And he willingly died a lamb for the sacrifice. He gave up the ghost. On the tree at Calvary. He died until creation began to tremble. And the whole world went dark. 
He died. And he died between two thieves. So I'm here to tell you that he's still the man in the middle. He still can save and he can keep that which has been put in his hands against that day. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You ought to thank God tonight that he sent the lamb. And the lamb was willing to give his life. And that he did but the third day. I say the third day. God raised him from the dead. And the same Jesus that I've been talking about all night long lives in the heart of every believer. And enables us in a world like this to reach our goals, to raise our children, to speak to our grandchildren, to tell them about the wonderful works that Christ did at Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And he's yet alive. Because it is he who woke us up this morning. It is he who will be traveling with us the balance of our days. Because he promised, I'll never leave you. Nor will I ever forsake you. I'm going to close on this. I thank God that the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. That's a connection between the Lamb of God that John saw and all them lambs back yonder in the Old Testament, that's the one right there. That's the one right there. That's the lamb. That's our substitute. And you know you telling me about the way I used to live. I know you too. But thank God for forgiveness. Now the question is, thank God for redemption. I do with thank God for there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the sacrifice. Come on, give him praise. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is... I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. We're 
Hello, this is Bishop Caldwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.